Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everyone, to yet another emergency episode of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic. It is Thursday, July 11th, and just when you thought it was safe to sleep, Russell Westbrook has been traded not to the Miami Heat, not to the Detroit Pistons, but to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul and another boatload of picks. We're going to break it down from both sides, we'll start with Houston, then hit OKC. Before we get into all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. It would really help us out. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable, very sleepy genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Brian, this is the last trade that I have to stay up for, right? You you say that now, and then like Bradley Beal's going to get traded in three days or something. <laughs> at this yeah, or, or Kevin Love or something. Yep. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so full disclosure, it is 5 a.m. here. Um I've basically spent the last few days staying up for this exact event um, <laughs> because, of course, it had to happen. Right. And I was I was sitting there going, "Oh, okay." The trade goes down, and you were like, "Oh, I'm I'm going out to eat." Yep. Which was not great, but yeah. I mean, of course, you're allowed to have some time off while sure. I'm sitting here staying up, Ryan. I hope yeah. you feel lousy. Yeah. It, you, <laughs> if your if your video feed was on, you could see me drinking champagne right now because it is also <laughs> my my five year wedding anniversary is tomorrow. So thankfully, it happened tonight instead of tomorrow. But yeah, yeah. I had to spend yeah. a little bit of time with my wife to apologize for being completely absent for the past two weeks. No, I'm pretty sure she used to it. Oh yeah, it's it's just every July. This is. It's good because she's a doctor, so July 1st in the hospital is the worst time. If you're ever going to get sick and go to a teaching hospital, do not get sick in July. Go to a place that is not an academic hospital because it's just an absolute war zone. So she's been dealing with that. I've been dealing with the NBA blowing up. It's been a crazy two weeks for both of us. So So she's saving lives and you're not. Talking about basketball on the internet, yes. Which one's more important? I don't know. <laughs> the jury remains out. We'll see. Well, you know what? The jury doesn't remain out, at least according to me, on the Thunder here. Or, yeah. or sorry, on the Rockets. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's jump right into the Rockets side of things. So, from what I've seen, they gave right. up Chris Paul. Yep. Just for the salary matching purposes. 
top four protected first round picks in 2024 and 2026 mm-hmm. and the rights to swap first round picks in 2021 and 2025 correct and hey i want partial credit because i brought up the chris paul russell westbrook thing weeks ago yeah indeed i just i didn't see i didn't see a way they were going to make it work such that like obviously the salaries work but I just didn't think Houston would give up enough draft compensation to make it worth OKC's while. Yeah, I didn't even did. think they should have given up draft compensation, but okay. I mean, they had to. I think Russell Westbrook is still a better value asset than Chris Paul. I know For he's now. got an, Yeah, I know he's got an extra year on his deal, but he's still younger. He's better right now. Yeah, yeah, and, agreed. And, and, I mean, if you're all about... From the Rockets' perspective, you're all about increasing James Harden's window of contention, basically. So who yeah, does that? Yeah, and more? you do that with probably the 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 player in the league most opposite Mori Ball. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, I I am genuinely excited for Russ and Harden to be back together. This is yeah. one half of my favorite NBA 2K team of all time, the 2012 Thunder. <laughs> So um, for that reason, I am genuinely excited. This might be the first time I buy 2K in years since like 2013, honestly. Yeah. Um, but yes, well, let's talk about the on-court fit first, and then what they gave up. Because well, the the I on-court mean, fit is somewhat iffy. If you're just somewhat at it. iffy, you're being very polite. <laughs> I mean, they played together before, and. Maybe they realize now that there's no way out. Like you're not, if you, from Harden's perspective, reportedly he soured on Chris Paul, or Chris Paul soured on him, or vice versa. Or they both just grew to dislike each other. There, there have been multiple reports coming out this off season suggesting that you're not getting out of Russell Westbrook's contract unless you're giving up more picks, probably at this point, or taking on even worse salary. So they're, they are effectively stuck with each other. And, and in that yeah. regard, maybe they realize, okay, this is it. If we're going to win a ring, it's going to be with the two of us together, and we're going to have to figure out a way to make this thing work. Right. So he, here's my problem with it. Russell Westbrook's you know, biggest strength is his playmaking. He's a fantastic playmaker. Right. When the ball is in the hands of James Harden to the extent that it is, this becomes a question of how will Harden adjust to 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 Russ and us, not vice versa. Russ is yes. a very willing passer. Yeah. He is the type of guy who can initiate the offense in a multi- multitude of ways, and and he can put pressure on a defense, and he can find uh, shooters in the corner. He can find cutters. He can find lob threats. Like he's got the whole passing package. That's that's just a problem to me if Harden decides to still go on this whole, you know, solo extravaganza that he's <laughs> been on over the past couple of years. Right. And should he change his tune, right, then you have to wonder, oh, okay, why wouldn't you do that before with Chris Paul, who's a better shooter, who would have, who would have been utilized a lot better had you not, you know, gone on this ISO-heavy, ball-dominant mentality. Right. So wh- why would why do it for now with a non-shooter? Like that mm-hmm. just makes no sense. 
Yeah. I mean, the only thought I have to counter that is that Russ can get downhill much better than Chris Paul can. That was not really ever his strength. I mean, his strength was his passing vision and his shooting, and Russ is just a freight train. So maybe Harden wanted someone else to really be able to facilitate the offense in transition in that way, to be able to push the pace. And I agree. The half-court fit worries me the most as well because, yeah, if – Harden is going to continue the dribble for 20 seconds at the top of the key while four other guys stand around. That's concerning because Russ is a much worse shooter than CP3. Defensively, you said it last episode, his reputation precedes him at this point. He used to be a much better defender than he is now, but he especially falls asleep off the ball, which is Mm -hmm. not a great pairing with James Harden, who has gotten better on that end, but is still nowhere near an elite defender. There are definitely a lot of questions about the half-court fit, but you know I can at least talk myself into maybe this is the opposite version of what Philly's trying to do with Embiid and Horford, where it's basically a very expensive insurance package. So Harden can now, in theory, play fewer minutes in the regular season because he has this secondary creator who is proven capable of running a team by himself and putting up huge numbers and carrying them to 45 wins or so. Now you can kind of stagger the minutes between the two such that, sure, they're going to have to play together for 15 or 20 minutes a game, but now, in theory, you will have one of Russell Westbrook or James Harden on the court for all 48 minutes, and that will make Houston a dangerous team offensively for all 48 minutes. This just makes Eric Gordon the most crucial piece in all of this because he's the guy who has to play with both of them. Right. Like he's when when you know James is in and Russ is out, that means that Gordon is is going to be the sidekick and vice versa when Russ is in and Harden is out. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a three-man guard rotation where you actually have to wonder if you, there's even space for another guy to come in there. Like it there has to be a shooter in there at all times to flank both those guys. Right. Yeah, I mean, they have they brought back Austin Rivers on the min deal, the two-year min deal, so I think he'll get minutes. But then, yes, it's the question of, well, in theory, then one of those guys is playing small forward, which leaves them vul- even more vulnerable defensively because none of them really, I guess Harden might be the one to draw those assignments Yeah, just based on his size, and he can maybe handle that, but he's by no means a an elite wing stopper right you know, maybe put, maybe eric gordon at the three he's I, strong I, moves yeah. moves his feet well i i guess i mean look they got away with playing six five pj tucker at center right so right like yeah yeah i mean their, their options are limited and it might not come back to bite them in the regular season but you know we'll talk about the west kind of re <laughs> refiguring out where everywhere stands in a later episode, but just mentally when I'm thinking about all of these top West contenders now, I'm thinking about how do they match up with the Clippers? How do you poorly? Right. How do you match up with Kawhi and Paul George? And PJ Tucker can deal with one of those guys, but which member of the backcourt is going on the other one? Right. And honestly, can he though? I, I, I get right. what you're saying, 
but I mean, you you can he can slow them down just a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's still elite offensive players. Yeah, they are I, going I, to get theirs and likely efficiently. Right. Yeah. It's they'll put him on one of them. He will be better at defending them than probably anyone else on the Rockets. But right. Yes. It's it's very much a bad pick your poison scenario for the Rockets here where they just don't really have elite wing stoppers and if they do run into the Clippers in the playoffs that looms as a significant problem yeah I I kind of feel as though the Rockets are just stuck I, I didn't like their chances coming in even if they hadn't done this trade mm. and I agree that they got better in terms of individual talent like they got a talent injection sure but I wonder if the fit, because it's not a great fit. Let's just be honest; it's not a great fit. Mm-hmm. Um, if that just negates that that talent acquisition that they got, plus, and I, you know, I I know that a lot of people are saying that it's a one season, whatever. It, we shouldn't put any stock to it. But I mean, when you look at at Russ's last season, like he's gone down almost what what was it nineteen percentage points on the free throw line, right? Over the past two seasons, yeah. He he was like an, close to an 80% shooter before he fell into the 70s. Not right. this past season, but the season before. And then, yeah, he was in the mid-60s this year. Right. So it's been two consecutive dips. Right. And at the same time, you know, his true shooting percentage has gone tr- down as well. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he was at 50.1 this year, which is abysmal. Right. It's not great. And and he's going to be thirty one. So I, I I know that I'm I sound like a broken record, but these things are relevant in the grand scheme of things. It seems to me that a lot of people out there are going, oh, now he goes to the Rockets, Rockets, and he's going to be the same old Russell Westbrook. But but that logic seems flawed to me when we have statistical evidence suggesting that he is on the decline and heavily, in fact. And I mean the. I- the bigger problem from my end is if he's the same old Russell Westbrook, then that means James Harden has taken a significant step back. Because James right. Harden has been so ball dominant that if Russ is, I mean, what was Russ's usage rate last year? It's had to be north of 30, I'm guessing. Yeah, 30.9. The season before that, 34.1. And then his MVP season, 41.7. Oh, jeez. Harden is a also a high usage guy last year he was at 40.5 percent usage rate there's only this is the only one ball problem harden plays on the ball a lot and he's been very effective in that role he's a great passer as well so i i mean maybe russ is just the primary creator now and harden just absorbs more of the role he did last year where he just focuses almost exclusively on scoring and is a secondary playmaker. He averaged 36 points a game last season. He's plenty capable of doing so. But yeah, it's going to be tricky, I think, to get these two guys to buy in to a collective system. And it wouldn't surprise me, based on the reports that came out, it sounds like Chris Paul in particular had issues with the system Mike D'Antoni ran. And he wanted right. more, more movement from players and the ball. And Harden was content just isoing because he's super effective in that role. So I'm glad you said that in terms of effective, because we agree that James Harden recognizes, you know, that he's a great 
advanced metrics type of guy, right? Like he takes pride in his efficiency. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. Like he he's bought into the concept of Moriball. Right. Now, I get that he was you know behind this whole acquisition of Russ. Like he actively went to uh, the Rockets said, I, I, I want Russ. And Russ, on the other end, was like, I want to go to the Rockets. So this was uh, a situation where two former teammates you know, spoke and wanted to get together again. I get all of that. But when push comes to shove and the regular season starts off and Westbrook is potentially woefully inefficient, like how will that affect James? Right. Well, and if you're, if you're sticking... Russ in a Mori ball system where you're encouraging him to take more threes. How is this career 30.8 three point shooter? The guy who shot 29% from three last year on 5.6 attempts per game. Do you really want to be encouraging him to take more of those shots? Oh, it's even worse than that. For a guy who's taken that many three pointers over the course of his career, he's the worst three point shooter in NBA history. <laughs> Yeah, so there are clearly a lot of on-court questions to sort out. Right. Let's talk about what they gave up. Well, before, there's actually one off-court issue as well. Okay. And we kind of talked about this on the last podcast as well. So Russ comes from a a system in OKC where everything was tailored to his needs. Right. That's not going to be the case in Houston. Everything's going to be tailored to James Harden. I mean, we've seen so many times where OKC media has just let him do whatever, or the the, the Thunders media representatives have allowed him to just be a, honestly, a dick towards the local media (laughs) and the national media. Like, that's, I think that's fair to say. There have been no repercussions. That's not going to fly in Texas. That's not going to fly in Texas at all. And I have to wonder if this is going to be something where they sit him down and go, hey, we know you've been used to a certain certain luxuries, honestly, mm-hmm. over your 11 years in OKC, but that's not going to fly here. Right. And what's the reaction going to be to that? Because he's going to be stuck there for the next four years, potentially. Yep. yep. Until they trade him for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Today's show was brought to you by SAP. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great, thanks. How about you? You feeling happy? A little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management and it's here. Because the future of business has feelings. And I've got a feeling we're all going to like it. Go to sap.com slash xm to learn more. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's talk about what they gave up now. Right. Two protected, lightly protected, top four protected first-round picks, two pick Mm -hmm. swaps. Part of it is to get out of Chris Paul's contract. I mean, that's you could effectively say one pick swap and one first-round pick 
is just the price you're paying to get out of the contract, and then the other pick and the other pick swap is the price to acquire Russell Westbrook. But we recorded an episode the other day where we were saying the Thunder would be lucky to get one positive value asset in exchange for Russ. And they just got four. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we understand why Houston did this. It's basically a challenge trade. It's just saying we think we can get more out of Russ than you can or whatever. We think Russ is going to raise our floor such that those picks aren't going to be that great, whatever. But the fact that the two picks coming are in 2024 and 2026, at that point, those guys are going to be in their mid-30s. So even if this gambit does work out, which for the next couple seasons, it very well might. I mean, the West is wide open right now. What the hell? Try get you know get funky. Try something weird. But come twenty twenty four, there's no guarantee either of those guys are even in Houston anymore. Much less are playing at the prime that they are right now. It feels. Yeah. I mean, it, I like this deal a lot more for OKC than I do for Houston. I'll just I'll lay it of out course. like that. But I, I I think you just touched on it. I, you said they might not even be there. Look look at how many guys changed teams. There's 10 household names, and I'm not even including D'Angelo Russell in, in this. Like It's Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Anthony Davis. All the, like 10 household names changed teams this summer. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving spent two years in Boston. <laughs> Al Horford spent three years in Boston. Yeah. Kevin Durant spent three years in Golden State. Right. The the old days of a player being with an organization, you know, for eternity, it, they are over. So when you trade draft picks that are five or six years down the line, that's that's a huge gamble, huge, right. because the the entire identity of the league and and talent distrib- distribution can change within twelve months, eighteen months. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I would never trade if I was a GM I would never trade that many picks in in that you know in, in advance to that extent that's yeah. it's just insane to me yeah I mean it's been interesting because we've now seen it in three separate transactions this summer Anthony right. Davis Paul George and now Russell Westbrook where teams willingly gave up multiple picks far in advance. And as you said, you can't predict out that far. No matter what you do, you cannot reasonably project out, oh, sure, we'll still be good in 2024. You have no way of knowing. I mean, the NBA has seismically changed this summer. And it's, I mean, it's already gearing up to be another seismic change in 2021 when Kawhi can become a free agent, Paul George can become a free agent, LeBron can become a free agent. Uh, Bradley Bill will be a free agent. Blake Griffin can be, become a free agent. For all we know, there's going to be an entirely different hierarchy in both conferences two years down the road. So, right. and then this is know, a new NBA. Yeah, right. So I'm with you. I think it's it's super risky to be giving up picks this far in advance. I think it's brilliant for OKC to be acquiring these kind of picks, mm-hmm. just because. I mean, these picks do have a mystery box element to them. And we saw that with Boston over the past few years where they were rumored in basically every big name trade 
because they had all of these future picks from teams coming in. And then come 2019, they didn't make a move, and those picks turned out to be 14, 20, and 22 in a crappy draft. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, they picked, you know, who I think are good players with some of them, or they got, they flipped 20 for 24 and 33, whatever. But, you know, Grant Williams at 22, great value. Carson Edwards at 33, kids great lighting value. up several. Yeah, he's going to be a nice player. I, like, they got good value for those guys, but still those guys are now losing value because they're actual names instead of, oh, this is a world of possibilities that you can have. So now right. OKC, it looks like I'm looking at an ESPN story right now, and it's, you know, they have kind of the, the layout of all of the picks they own. And except for in 2025, they theoretically have multiple first-round picks in every draft between 2020 and 2026. Now, some are protected, right. some may not convey. But they have more trade ammunition than Danny Ainge would know what to do with. Right. And that's their plan. Because yeah. they have Shea Gilgis Alexander on the roster. Yeah. So they can build something. They can go out and trade a bunch of those picks. And, and he, here's what I would do. Instead of going all in for the superstar that teams are doing right now, where they're mm-hmm. just selling off their future because they want to be in on the two-year championship window, or three years if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. What I would do here, if I'm OKC, I would try to identify to the best of my ability what type of player who is still on a rookie contract with at least a year, maybe two left, I would figure out who of those guys out there are someone I can see be put next to Shea mm. and, and, and play for a, a long term. Because you have team control on the rookie contracts at the very least. Right. And you have team control in terms of them hitting restricted free agency. Yeah. So, and with that many draft picks, there's a chance you can get a conceivable amount of players, established players, still on rookie contracts, who you then have team control over. So, if OKC goes out and spends those draft picks on, let's say, three, maybe four very, very solid young players who are, you know, cost controlled and team controlled for a long time, mm-hmm. and they try to build something up off of that, they will still have cap space in some of those summers when every, everyone else is off the cap. Because yep. rookie contracts, even though they increased by 50% last year, or was it the year before? I don't even remember. Uh, they're still cheap. Right. So that that's what I would do personally, because mm-hmm. then I avoid that whole you know mystery box thing. I right. go get... In known quantity or, or known qu- that is quality as well, mm-hmm. and I'll try to build off of that instead because we know that going all in for a superstar. What does that really matter when they leave in two years? Right. Yeah, I would much rather be in OKC's shoes right now than I would Houston's. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, and, and so many other teams for that matter. Like we yeah. don't know what's going to happen in, in just a year. Right. Yeah, I, I everything mean, is crazy. Howard Beck, we I think we mentioned it last episode too, but it was a really good column. So go read it. Yeah. It's on Bleacher Report about just the player empowerment movement, and basically I forget if it was an agent or an executive. I think it was an executive who basically said, "Look, you can't, you can do your best to you know make your franchise appealing, but if Kawhi leaves after winning a title and winning French Finals MVP." And you're giving him the most money, and he still leaves. 
there's only so much you can do. So you, the best way to build a franchise right now is to be flexible and to be able to pivot from we have a star-centric model that's ready to win right now to, okay, we're going to rebuild, but we're going to have a boatload of picks and we'll have a nice young prospect. OKC's done a phenomenal job just mm-hmm. resetting the table and they might not be done. They still have Steven Adams they can offer. Chris Paul, we don't know what his future is in OKC, whether he's, it sounds like he might not be long for there. I yeah. I, I think the speculation about him taking a buyout is nonsense. He would have to oh, give up. Yeah. Way, That's way, way, a way, non-starter. Way. Yeah. Non-starter. Way too much money. It's not going to happen. So he's not and, going and to And let's just explain why. Because even though, like theoretically, even if Chris Paul gives up like half his salary, mm-hmm. OKC would still have half of that salary on their books, and that is a significant chunk of change. Right. It's so it mean, doesn't even make sense. Yeah. It's he's owed 124 million dollars over the next three years. Even if you right. can't just buy him out of this year, you would have to buy him out the other two years as well. A right. buyout's not an option. But OKC now has a bunch of picks it can dangle. If it's so desperate to, if it can't get out of the tax. In any other way, and I think they can. I'm not too worried about that. But if it's, you know, come February and the trade deadline's here and there's still a couple million over the tax and they're looking for a way to dump CP3, now they have a million picks they can use to get out of that contract. Yeah. I mean, I would probably see if I can do it before the season so I can give Gilgis Alexander the starting spot immediately. Yeah. Because he's fantastic. Right, and I think honestly, that's the you know the Thunder got him in in, uh, in the Paul George deal. Yep. That's the that's the type of contract I was talking about before. For sure, a rookie contract of someone where you identified someone great. Yeah, like if they can find a bunch of Gilgis Alexanders, oh my god, that would be that would be huge. Yeah, and I mean we've seen a number of 2017 draftees traded this summer, or I mean. Markel Fultz, number one pick, was traded for what's probably going to be three second-round picks and Jonathan Simmons, who the Sixers had to give up a second-round pick to dump. Lonzo, well, there's an asterisk with, with yeah, yeah, Fultz, yeah. though. But, but yeah. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart were all yep. included in the Anthony Davis deal. Phoenix paid to get rid of Josh Jackson, the number four pick. So three of the top four picks from the 2017 draft are no longer on their teams. Frankie Smokes in New York. It seems like they're more than willing to shop him around. I don't mm-hmm. think OKC would have to give up all that much to get him. Charlotte might be starting to, if they start acting like a real NBA franchise instead of a pretend we can make the playoffs was a total crap capped out roster. Malik Monk could maybe be gettable. Who knows? Oh, yeah, I for mean, sure. I think Brooklyn is smarter than this, but if they're really committed to DeAndre Jordan, maybe Jared Allen becomes available. Mo, yeah, you know Mo Bamba. We talked about him last episode with the Magic. Now that they re-signed Vooch and Kem Birch, all of a sudden your front court logjam is now locked in for even longer. Or hell, like Laurie Markkinen in Chicago. Yeah. Oh, that'd be. No, yeah. I'm just saying that you know it's a high quality rookie contract player. Sure. But they have the picks to make that happen. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it, it that was just an example. Theoretically, Jason Tatum. Yeah. Oh my god. 
I mean, they have the ammunition to go get whoever at this point. Right. No, they really do. They really let me, do. Let me throw you a name here. That it doesn't make sense for, for them right now because they just upgraded their entire roster. Mm-hmm. But Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Like, if you throw enough picks towards, you, you know, Utah's direction for Donovan Mitchell, at some point they're going to be like, no, 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 thank you. No, well, oh, oh, another one? Yeah, mm, uh, well, me, no, we're pro- Oh, you, you're offering another one. Um, hang on, let, let's just go to... Hey, Adam, hey, we, we need to talk. So, yeah, you can do that. That's what happened with Paul George. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, they just hit a point where I'm sure when Paul George approached them and said, I want to be traded to the Clippers, they were pissed. And we're like, no, piss off. But then the Clippers were like, here, we'll give you three first-round picks, four first-round picks, four first-round picks and two pick swaps. And after a while, you just have to say yes. It's just too big of a haul to turn down. And now, I mean, they've just gained so much in draft capital over the past week between this, George, and Jeremy Grant. They got... You know, a 2020 from Denver, which is not going to be great, but teams tend to overvalue picks in trades. Mm-hmm. It, they have yeah. more flexibility than any team in the NBA. Let me throw this one, th- this final one at you. I know they have Shy, but he can go, you know, he can play the two as well. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox. Oof. Oh, man. If the Kings were. I would I would not trust the Kings to No, right? <laughs> if you yeah, if you could pry him away, by all means, because I, I would not trust the Kings with those picks. I would not trust the Kings to negotiate fair value for Fox. I think they would That's probably undersell part him. of why I mentioned him. Yeah. 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 Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the Hey Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. So let's now, since we've already kind of merged into the thunder here, let's just talk about it from... Where they go from here, basically. Do you do you think a Chris Paul trade is next? Do you think I I guess apparently I saw Miami being thrown around as a possible destination. I guess he might want to play with Jimmy Butler, which might even be funnier than Jimmy and Russ. I I honestly think that would be pretty awesome. Really? I, I think yeah, because look, Russ is volatile in, in his own way, but that's more on the court. Jimmy and and Chris Paul seem way more aligned mentally on you know in, in terms of away from the court like they both expect the you know the best from everyone alongside them and they both work extremely hard. I have a feeling those two are just going to they're going to find each other and be best of pals. 
I, I, I really think that would work out well. I don't think it would work out for e- literally everyone else on the roster. <laughs> right, that's my concern. Yeah, but, but in just for those two, I think it would be perfect. It might be. or I mean, it would either work out brilliantly and they would get along fantastically and everyone else on the roster would hate them, or they would butt heads and it would just be a complete and total meltdown from day one. I mean, remember what happened when Jimmy played with Wade in Chicago? Yeah. Those two got on famu- famously. Right. It was everyone else who just couldn't stand that pairing. This yeah. is just going to be a sequel of that. Besides, Jimmy has kind of entered the whole banana boat, you know, inner circle. Yeah. So I I have a feeling that just off of that alone, he and Chris Paul are just tight. Oh, man. That would be so bad. I, I genuinely hope it happens. But I, I honestly think it would be better than Russ and 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 Jimmy. I think they even on the court, I, I know that Russ is the better player, but Paul is like let's just be honest here, he's still a better shooter. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's not, not a hot take. That's not a hot take. And and even though Russ is a fantastic playmaker, he doesn't have just this sheer vision. Right. That Chris Paul has. I yeah. mean, yeah. Um, and, and with Jimmy being able to play a little bit more off the ball and having you know him just bounce for lops and cut and, and do all these things off the ball with CP3 feeding him, that could be fun. There's an element. There's a world we're in. If, if Chris Paul lands in Miami, that pairing could be fun to watch. Uh, I'll give you that. If only just for morbid curiosity. Right. <laughs> no, I I completely follow you in that sense. And I mean, the only thing, the only way this would work and it would be positive is if, if Bam Adebayo and Justice Winslow are like all in on, you know, hashtag team grind. Right. Like, right. if they are, awesome. If they're not, eh. But then again, Miami is known for hardcore practices. They are known for working their asses off. Yeah. So maybe that just makes everything a little bit more suitable for for Chris. I don't know, man. I think that would be a complete disaster, but I'm all here for it because I just think it would be hilarious. Um, it could be. It could very <laughs> very easily be that. Yeah, sure. It, what about what about Minnesota? Could Minnesota be a destination? For, like, Teague and Covington or something like that? Teague, Jang, something like that? I guess so. If if Russell isn't... I feel like Russell is just going to go there, though. I feel yeah. like that's kind of just set in stone. They just couldn't come to a terms on a deal. So now the Warriors... I, I would be surprised if the Warriors and Timberwolves don't already have a deal in place. Just call us back December 15th. <laughs> We'll we'll come at you know we'll, we'll oh god call what should then. that be that what should that deal be though I think like Teague and Covington seems fine hmm yeah he comes off the cap like he you don't trade for Teague the player trade for Teague the contract right yeah and then Covington's okay. just a nice fit next to those guys yeah he is yeah Covington would actually be really nice in Golden State yeah all right yeah I could see that yeah I mean. I think they'll have options with Paul. I just think it'll take some of the picks they just got for Russ they're going to have to give up to get out of Paul's contract. Yeah, probably. But 
if they don't trade him, they go into the season with, let's say they're done, Thunder are done making moves for now. Mm-hmm. They go in the season with CP3, Shea, Dennis Schroeder still, Steven Adams. Do they have any chance of making the playoffs in the West? So, I mean, on on paper, no. But Gilgis Alexander is so good. Yeah. And I, I think he could be one of those guys who just takes a major second-year leap. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, he's good. He's really good. The way that he can control a game. And, I mean, I, I know that 20 minutes ago I said I would rather have him just start and not you know, playing behind Chris Paul. Right. But I'm sort of talking myself into the idea that Paul, at the very least, could teach him a few tricks. Yeah, oh, Which would for just sure. make him even more dangerous moving forward. So yeah. maybe there is merit to the idea of having him around for half a year just for the sake of developing Jiltis Alexander. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think the Thunder would be a playoff team either. And it's no disrespect to them. It's just looking at the way. If they were in the East, they might be. But looking at the yep. West, in their division alone, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Trailblazers, Jazz will all have playoff aspirations going into the year. The Timberwolves are, you know, the runt of the litter there, but they could at least potentially cobble together 40 wins. In the Pacific, the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, and Kings will all go into the year thinking they are possible playoff contenders. And then in the Southwest, the Rockets definitely will think they're playoff contenders now. Pelicans could be. I'd like their chances better than that Thunder team and the Spurs as yeah. well. I think the only teams, the Suns will talk themselves into being a contender, but they they are not. The Grizzlies are not. And I, I don't think the Mavericks have enough quite yet to be in that conversation. I think they'll be decent, frisky. They'll win 35-some games, but I don't think they're yeah. legit contenders. I think you're underrated Lucas' second year, though. It's possible. I, it just sounds for I saw a report today that Kristaps is going to get load managed this year. Yeah. So yeah, I just don't know. Give more chances more... to go to go through Luca. <laughs> I know, but what they have nothing else. They're very Luca's enough, man. Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is the the you know the nine through twelve in the West no, is so very good. Yeah. It's much better. Yeah. You know, the East is very top heavy. There are still a couple of very good teams at the top, and there are some that should be clear playoff teams. But again, there's a very soft bubble there where. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 in the East are all somewhat mediocre. And oh, there are only top two top teams in the in the East. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Indiana has a shot, but it's a long shot to, to break that. Right. Toronto yeah. could be if things break right. The Celtics could be if they, it's, you know, it's like the, the Raptors, Celtics, uh, Pacers, and Nets, I think. If things go their way, they could jump up to that top tier. But, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee and Philly are the clear two heading into the season. But after right. that, I just think, sure, the Heat are probably a playoff team just by default. But after that, I mean, it's the it's like who, who wants to back into the playoffs, the Pistons or the Magic? Yeah. Oh, the God, Wizards... no more Magic in the playoffs. I'm sorry, but that was that was an awful series. And they just did not get better this year. Hey, they won game one. It's against the Raptors, doesn't count. I know. But, you know, like the Hornets are out, the Wizards are out, the Cavs are out, the Knicks are out. 
there are a lot of teams that are just going to start the year with zero playoff aspirations. Yeah. The Hawks yeah. are they're building something nice, but they're not a playoff team this year. So again, if the Thunder were in the East, they would have a chance. But yeah, I mean, as currently constructed, I don't think so. So I, I it would not surprise me at all if this is not the end of the Thunder teardown, and we right. continue to see them. I think smart teams if. If there is a prospect on the Thunder that you like, you should call up the Thunder right now and start offering picks because they're clearly in seller's mode. Well, I mean, Jeremy Grant is already traded, so... I know. Yeah, I'll be, I'm ready, or I need to write a column after this uh, about Jeremy Grant and the Nuggets on the Basketball Writers. So I, I, I love that, by the way. I, I do, too. Yeah, go to bballwriters.com tomorrow. Use the code the NBA Pod. You'll get 10% off your daily monthly or annual subscription and you could see me singing the praises of jeremy grant on the nuggets and of course it's gonna get buried because this rust trade is gonna <laughs> soak up all of the attention for the next three days um any final thoughts on this trade from either side mort well no i mean i i think obviously it was in- inevitable russ wanted out chris paul wanted out regardless of what he said yeah, afterwards always, yeah I mean that just so th- this was this was meant to be in some capacity. Sure. Um, I, like I I think you're right in the sense that Houston could be significantly better if everything falls right for him, but I think a lot has to basically be absolutely correct for every particular instance. Like Russ has to accept this whole new way of life where he doesn't have media control, where he doesn't have as much carte blanche with the basketball, where he has to share with a high-volume uh, high ball handler and shot taker. Like, if everything falls correctly, then yeah, they could be good. But at the end of the day, I'm still struggling seeing how they get deep into the playoffs with Russell Westbrook you know, as the second-best player on the team. Yeah, I mean, I just think the on-court fit of Russ and Harden, there are a lot of questions to sort out in the half-court offense and on defense. I think in yeah. transition, they'll be great. But the shooting woes are a concern for Russ. And if you're going to have Russ be the point guard and be as ball-dominant as he was, then what does that mean for James Harden? Because right. he, he can operate off the ball, for sure. He's much better at that than Russ, but... He was. He doesn't very, want to. Right. He was very effective on the ball, and you're, yeah. you know, you're cutting down on those isolations that have been a staple of the D'Antoni offense, at least you know since his time in Houston. Mm. So when when can KD opt out and join them? <laughs> I know. I really. I'm telling you, man. NBA 2K12 with that Thunder team. I guess Ibaka is up after next year. Yeah, KD has a player option the fourth year, so tw- after the 2021-2022 season. Oh, and then let's get really nuts, because at this point, Reggie Jackson must have realized that he's not a starting caliber point guard. Oh God. Let's just get the entire band together in Houston. <laughs> uh, Maury would like that. Tillman Fertitta probably would not. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's it's... Yeah, half. <laughs> it's five thirty in the morning. Good. And yeah, I I'm just hoping there are no gonna be no more trades today. And, and Brian, from here on out, at least for for in the foreseeable future, 
uh, it, it's okay with you. I'm not going to stay up until four to check Twitter, right? I, I think so. Yes. Well, okay. Tomorrow, if anything big happens, it's literally my five year wedding anniversary. So we will not be doing a podcast either way. But oh, was, then I'll sleep. Then yes. I'll go to bed early. And you know what? You know what that'll mean? That'll mean that at some point after I've gone to bed early, my wife will tap me on the shoulder and say, <laughs> it's time. And yep. then we have to rush to the hospital because, yeah. yeah. Yep. So enjoy your one night of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, as always, to everyone for listening to us. Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback, and it would really help us out. And we're being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter, at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Zaporic, and I was joined, as always, by a very dedicated Morton Jensen. Mort, go get some sleep, and pray to God the NBA stay quiet tomorrow. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, Good night, Brian. (laughs) All right, night, man. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Your family is special. That's why Pathways Financial Credit Union offers many mortgage options to help you buy that special home or refinance your current home. Pathways offers some of the best rates and lowest fees you'll find anywhere in the country. As the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years, you know you can trust our mortgage professionals to do what's best for you. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA.